We have some exciting days ahead for National Heights. Lots of exciting things happening in the weeks to come. Our Next Step Ministry team will be meeting tonight, uh, beginning to formulate uh, the plans for the Next Step Ministries that you approved as a church congregation last year. Really excited about all the things God's going to do uh, through that and through you as we move forward in ministry uh, for the Lord. We have several exciting opportunities for you to serve the Lord in days ahead. You're going to be hearing all about it as we continue to move forward in what God has called us to do. It's exciting to be a part of God's ministry and God's work. And we want to celebrate that this morning. Everybody likes a celebration. A crowd cheers in part because everybody else is cheering. You hear other people cheering and you just want to join in. You want to be a part of that. You want to be a part of what is, is going on in that, that instance. It just feels wrong not to be cheering when everybody else is, is cheering. Every 4th of July, the network's... Uh, broadcast fireworks displays so that everybody in the nation can kind of join together in in that uh, uh, celebration of our nation's independence. Now, admittedly, uh, fireworks uh, on television, they lose a little bit of the grandeur that you would normally see. So so there's a lot of of, uh, shots of the crowd ooing and aahing at the fireworks so that you're reminded that what you're seeing on your television screen really is a celebration, really is something spectacular. Well, Paul here in Philippians chapter 3 finds reason to celebrate, to rejoice. Now, this verse occurs in a passage that doesn't sound like there's much to rejoice about. This occurs within a very difficult passage in this letter that Paul is writing to the Philippian believers. It's in the middle of a, of a passage where he's dealing with the challenge that they are facing from false teachers that are causing all kinds of difficulty within the church. He warns about the dangers of those uh, false Teachings. He warns the believers about making sure that they're standing on solid footing as they seek to follow the, the Lord. But in the midst of that difficult conversation, Paul wants to remind them not to forget something. Not to forget something essential. Essential not only in our life as believers, but even essential in defeating the false teachings that were prevalent in that day. What was it? What was this secret ingredient? What was this this way to defeat even the most difficult times in our life? Rejoice in the Lord. That's the secret. Look at what he says here in uh, verse 1 of Philippians chapter 3. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. In in just a week or so, many of our, our Sunday school classes are going to begin studying several passages through the letter of Philippians where Paul talks about rejoicing. We're a happy people for reason. Whatever else you do today, don't forget to rejoice. It's important to rejoice in the Lord. Now, on the surface, this may not seem like uh, that big of a statement. I mean, okay, we're supposed to be happy as believers. We're, we're supposed to be excited. And Okay, Paul, go on and get to the point. You know, we kind of might think that. 
But this is actually the focal part of this passage, the focal verse of this passage. Now, again, it's in a very difficult passage to read. Paul has launched into this scathing denunciation of the false teachers who were plaguing the Philippian church. He spares absolutely no words about them, warning the church in the very next verse, verse 2, to watch out for those dogs. That's the way that he describes these folks that are causing so much trouble. But he he starts with a, a much more positive word and a much more important one. Rejoice in the Lord. He begins his statement with this word that, that's translated in English as finally. It's a word that, that indicates a, a summation. Uh, as, as, you know, somebody, preacher who's been going on and on and on and on and on and on all morning long and everybody's fi- waiting for him to say, and, and finally, you know, they're waiting for it to get to the end. Well, that, that, in that statement, you, you typically would expect someone to kind of summarize the important points. And, and that's, that's what this, this word means. Or uh, another way of saying it might be, uh, if you don't remember anything else I write, Paul is writing to the Philippians, if you don't remember anything else that I write to you, remember this. And what is this thing that, that Paul wants the Philippians to, to remember above everything else? He wants them to remember to rejoice in the Lord. Now we like to rejoice. Happiness and joy are a goal for most people. We tend to repeat those things that bring us joy. And that's part of the message here. Paul knows that if the Philippian believers would finally understand that true joy is found in their relationship with Christ, if they would finally truly accept that and understand that, if they would stop looking for joy in other places, then these false teachings wouldn't stick After all, if you already have the greatest joy possible in Christ, why would you want to do anything else? Paul makes 16 different allusions to joy throughout Philippians. I mentioned a minute ago, we're going to be studying some of those in some of our Sunday school classes over the next several weeks. This is something he does not want them to forget. Something he doesn't want them to miss, and that's true for us too. God does not want you to miss out on the joy you have in Jesus. The fact is, everything else is going to fall short of that. The joy from this world is counterfeit. It's not even a good copy of the real thing. Once you know real joy in Christ you won't want to look for it anywhere else. So Paul starts off this statement with a call to rejoice in the Lord. Our daughters, when they were young, could tell real macaroni and cheese. Now, now the truth is, it wasn't real macaroni and cheese. It was the stuff out of the box they create right here in Springfield. You know, the powdered stuff that when you sneeze, it blows all over the room, which I know that by a personal experience, but that's another story. But that was the kind of macaroni and cheese that they liked. And we learned when we went into a restaurant and on the menu they would list macaroni and cheese. And, and so they would see that and immediately that would be what they would want to order. We learned to ask the waiter, now, 
what kind of macaroni and cheese is this? Because, you know, most restaurants, they have their own special variety where they make it out of, real, you know, cheese and actually melt the cheese and make it really, really good. But we knew if that's what they served our daughters, that wasn't going to be the real macaroni and cheese. So we would make sure what exactly it was because we knew that once they had tasted that real macaroni and cheese, nothing else would do. Once you have tasted the real joy that is found only in Jesus, you'll never want anything else. And that's Paul's point. He knew that if the Philippian believers truly experienced the joy that they already had in Christ, they would not be tempted to follow after all these false teachings. Now, we usually don't think about it that way. We typically think about fighting false teachings by debating them, by proving that they're wrong. Now, there's nothing wrong with knowing the facts and being clear on the truth. And Paul does that in his letter to the Philippians. He he points out why these false teachings are so far off base and and why they're, they're so dangerous. But that's not where he starts. He doesn't want to win the argument. He wants to win people. You want to win a person to Christ? Show them what real joy is. Show them the joy that you know in your Savior and Lord. Our joy in Christ not only inoculates us against the false teachings of the world. Again, why would we want anything else when we have the very best that there is? But it also provides a powerful witness to those around us. Because when people see the real joy that is in your life through Jesus Christ, when they see that in you, they are going to want it. They are going to desire it. They're going to do anything they can to find out what it is. And you can tell them, it's all because I know Jesus. Our joy is in the Lord. It's so easy to forget that. Satan loves to get us all twisted around the wrong things. We think that we'll find joy in stuff, in possessions, in wealth, in power. But what we discover is the more stuff and possessions and wealth and power we get, the more we want that stuff. The joy is always just right out of reach. Even as believers, sometimes we can forget that our joy, our real joy, is in knowing Jesus. I have never heard of a church splitting over having too much joy. Have you ever heard of that? Now, I've heard them splitting over a bunch of other stuff, splitting over what color the carpet was, splitting on what side the piano ought to be on, splitting over whether rooms should have draperies or not. Really important stuff like that. Folks, Satan will do anything and everything he can to rob you of the joy you have in Jesus. Because he sure doesn't want any non-believers to see that joy in you. Paul understood that. 
He knew in the midst of all these false teachings that Satan was stirring up in the Philippian community, he knew in the midst of that it would be very easy for the Philippians to begin to leak out their joy, to lose their joy. It's why in another letter to the Galatians, Paul lists joy right up at the top of his list of the fruits of the Spirit. You know this verse, Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against things such things there is no law. Now, all of those things are good things, but look right up there at the top of the list. Love, joy, and peace. Folks, if people see that in our life, if they look at us and they see love, joy, and peace, they are going to do everything they can to find out where we got it. If they really see that in their life, they crave that. They desire that because God's put within us as humans a desire to find that. Because the reality is the only place we'll find it is in Jesus. So let people see your joy. And they'll want Jesus. On the way to church the other day, I, I walked out into our garage and, and there was this huge puddle of oil in our garage. Oh, and I thought, oh no, my car's, you know, something's happened, it's leaked oil out over the garage. But then I noticed the, the pool of oil wasn't exactly where my car was, so I started to investigate. And what had happened, I had changed the oil out in our lawnmower. And I put the oil out of the lawnmower, the old oil, in an old milk jug that I had found. And apparently the milk jug had a little crack in it. And, and over the night, the oil had leaked out onto our, the floor of our garage. So I had read in the, the, on, on the Internet somewhere that one way to get oil up, to clean it up, is to use kitty litter. And so I thought, oh, I'll try this out. So I got some of our, borrowed some of our cat's kitty litter. And, and I went out there in, in the garage and, and started to, to spread it over this pretty sizable uh, pool of oil, to which I'm sure all of our neighbors were saying, you, knew, I, you know, I, I knew those Baptists were a little bit off, but that preacher has done lost his mind out there spreading kitty litter all over his garage. But sure enough, it worked. It, it soaked up all the oil and got rid of it. Too often when it comes to joy, spring a leak. We allow the joy that we know in Christ to seep out of our life, sometimes without our even being aware of it. Sometimes, as it was for the case uh, here with the Philippians, it was due uh, to factors that are beyond our control. The Philippians could not control what the false teachers were saying. They were going to say what they were going to say, no matter what. They could, however, control the way they reacted to the false teachers. The false teachings did not have to confuse them and mislead them. They already had the truth in Christ. If what someone was saying to them didn't match that truth that they already had, they would know to walk away. They didn't have to let that stuff infest the church. They already had all the joy they could possibly have in Jesus. Sometimes there are things in life that we just can't uh, control, and so we have to learn, hey, I've already got all the joy that, that Jesus has to give me. I'm going I'm to focus on that. That's where I'm going to place my life is on Him, not on all this other stuff that's going on around me. 
However, sometimes there are some things that we do that start some leaks, that create those cracks in our life, that allow our joy to leak out. Here's just a few. One terrific joy leak is gossip. Nothing can leak joy out of your life quicker than gossip. And, and too often as believers, sometimes we can gossip in spiritual language. You, you know, we, we can have a prayer request or a concern, and what we're really doing is we're really kind of talking about something we heard about in somebody's life. Now, don't get me wrong. Prayer is what we ought to be doing, and, and we ought to be lifting it up to the Lord. But you know what I mean. Sometimes that kind of gets out of whack a little bit, and we, we begin to, to, to gossip. And, and folks, I'm telling you, gossip will leak the joy right out of your life. When you try to make yourself look better by making somebody else look bad, the joy is just going to seep right out of you. So when that happens in your life, when you hear yourself trying to put yourself up by putting somebody else down, get out the kitty litter. It's time to clean up. Get that rid of that one. It'll leak the joy out of your life. Here's another joy leak. Unforgiveness. Now, there are many reasons why we should forgive others. The, the biggest being that we have been forgiven by Christ. Now, that would be enough. But what we sometimes forget is there are some huge benefits to us when we forgive others. One of the things that forgiving others will do in your life, it restores joy in your life. Folks, the longer you hold on to a grudge, the more the joy is going to leak right out of your life. Time to get out the kitty litter. Get rid of that unforgiveness. When you find yourself just refusing to let go of something that you know you need to forgive, forgive it. Don't let that joy leak out of your life. Here's, a, here's another joy leak. Living a self-centered life. The more you insist on having everything your way, the less joy you are going to get out of anything. It doesn't seem that way. We don't think of it that way. We think, well, if I can just have my way, then things will be all right. But I'm telling you, when you start focusing more on what you want than what will lead people to Christ, then you know what time it is. Time to get out the kitty litter. When you become focused on yourself so much that you're more concerned about what you want than about leading others to Jesus, it's time to get that out of your life. Because I'm telling you, not only does that damage your witness, not only does that get in the way of others coming to know Christ, it seeps the joy right out of your life. You see a pattern here? These are those things that we know we're not supposed to do. We know we're not supposed to gossip. We know we're not supposed to be unforgiving. Uh, we know we're not supposed to be self-centered. We, we know that. And yet, when we do them, the strange thing about that is the person that hurts the most is us. So don't allow the joy leaks in your life. 
recognize that you already have the greatest joy of all in Jesus. I hope as we all leave today, we will leave together rejoicing in the Lord. Heavenly Father, give us joy. Give it to us in abundance. So much so that when we leave this place and go to our different neighborhoods, people will wonder, what are they so happy about? When we go to work this week, that our coworkers will be asking, well, what in the world happened to you? Lord, help that joy be so infectious that they will be drawn to you. God, there's so many things that will leak the joy out of our life, and, and sometimes we don't see it, Lord. We don't see those cracks. Help us to see them for exactly what they are. When we do those things that we know we're not supposed to do, when we do those things that your word has cautioned us against, when we, we follow our way instead of your way, God, that's going to leak the joy right out of our life. So help us to, to end it, to just stop it. Because we already have the greatest joy of all in you. Help us to see that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.